welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. I'm Fergus. Welcome back. Today we're going to look at the Chelsea game. We're going to talk to some angry Chelsea fans. We'll also look ahead to the FA Cup game against Man United. We'll look at the transfer window, the prediction league, the Gunnar debate and much, much more. Remember, this is an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Enjoy the show. I would like to also add uh, my audio quality in this is a little bit off. I hope it doesn't take it away, take away anything from the show and you carry on listening. Uh, enjoy. Welcome to Guns and Yellow Ribbons. What, what can we say about Emery? He's done everything right, hasn't he? An Arsenal podcast. On the day, I thought he was one of the best three players on the pitch. By Arsenal fans. Look, look at him. He's ready to rumble at any moment for Arsenal fans. We need a top-class centre-half. We don't need someone's cast off. This is your Arsenal podcast. He's never going to be a superstar, but he gives 100%. Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Strangely Come enough, on. I'm not going to tell my wife when this podcast goes live for some reason. <laughs> I am <only> joking. <laughs> Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. Hello, good morning and good evening. Boys, it's Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Uh, today we're joined by Max in Melbourne and he's moaning about the fucking heat. Uh, we're joined by uh, Scunny Mike, who's just moaning about being in Scunthorpe. And uh, we're also joined by Johnny from the Food Bank. How are we, boys? And Johnny, I don't think I've spoken to you on the podcast since the New Year, so let me be the final person to wish you a happy New Year. Yeah, you didn't actually say it on Saturday when I actually saw you in person, but you know. I was saving it for this. This is uh, this this is then forever kept in the stratosphere or whatever it's called. Uh, yeah, or, or we're elongating the point just to annoy Manny when he listens back. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? This is going to be really strange. He's been chomping at the bit. Manny's not joined us because we've got a, a, a quite a good panel of people uh, now, and we've now got to the stage where we need to rotate it a little and try and um, change things up a little. And uh, last week it was Manny, and we had Tom Sobel in, and uh, and Trev. Yeah, Jesus, Trev. Christ, can't forget Trev. Um, and this week, as I said, we got Max. Uh, we got. Johnny and we got Mike so it's just going to mix it all up and we'll have Big Steve back on and various different people so just to get a different vibe and so on but he's been chomping at the bit what about this question what about that question Manny fuck off you're not on this one <laughs> can you just say can I just say I haven't even moaned about Scumfort by the way no, where did you, that come from you just get used to it you've, you've been born there mate so like you know oh, oh, hang on a minute I didn't even say anything about it I just said I was, I was moaning about the cold. I am up north, after all, so I can moan about the cold if I am allowed to do that. Yeah, but a scumthorpe. All right, but I didn't moan about it, so don't put words into my mouth. I'm moaning think, about uh, the heat, mate. I'm moaning about <laughs> it really good. I'll tell you who was moaning. A couple of Chelsea fans that I bumped into. Um, after I... Um, I it, a few bits and pieces gone on at home, which I need to sort it out with electricians and stuff like that. I popped down to London before the game. Uh, I went and saw my mum, who's not well in hospital. And then I went to the Eaglet and met up with some of the guys. And my brother, Rory, who... Johnny, you you know Rory well yeah. enough. Um, you've uh, met him a few times. Rory came along came to the Eaglet with us. And all of a sudden, there was a ticket that was available at the last minute. And I'll, t- I'll tell you, it's a hilarious story on this one. Um, I don't know if you guys know... Steve 
Steve Minos from um, the uh, Arsenal Los Angeles group. Um, Steve is on his way to Estonia. And uh, on his way to Estonia, he miraculously decided to stop in London and take in the Chelsea game. Um, all on business expenses, I'm sure. Um, and um, we were in the pub in the Eagle. I said, I, he said, I'm going to the supporters club. Meet me up if you want. And I said, um, no, I can't meet you up. Uh, I said, because uh, I'm at the other other side of the stadium. So I'm going to the Eagle. I was in the Eagle with uh, uh, a load of people. And um, all of a sudden, Dawn Davis comes out and says, look, there's a spare ticket. Anybody want a spare ticket? And I said, how much is it? Where is it? He says, lower tier. It's 70 quid. It's face value, just bar a couple of pounds and uh, I said to my brother Rory who's a Man United fan but I said to him do you want the ticket and he went yeah why not I've got a game with you I've not seen Chelsea play live and so on he, he's been to quite a few games and he he type of supports his local team to a certain degree um, and uh, we said meet at 5.15 by the Tony Adams statue and about quarter to five we leave the pub walk down make sure we're there in plenty of time so five past five steve pops up from from uh from the supporters club and i say all right steve yeah yeah great yeah he said what are you doing I said um I, where are you off to he said no i gotta wait here i gotta meet some guy about a ticket I said all right yeah we're doing the same so we stand here took some photos with his new flag which he put up on on his facebook page and twitter and everything else Eventually, I come along and say, I don't even know this guy's name who I've got to see uh, to pick a ticket up. I don't know what he looks like. So I ring Dawn. She doesn't answer her phone. I ring Scott Wise, one of my friends who's with them, and say, is Dawn there? I could get her to ring me. She rings me. And um, I'll try and cut this short. Um, <laughs> and uh, she comes along and said, yeah, the guy's name is Seaman. Oh, oh fucking great. I'm going to stand around the Tony Adams uh, statue shouting out, oi. Anybody here called Seaman? Uh, so I start walking around talking to these different people, going, "You're not, you don't know Don, do you? Don Davies, Don Davies. You're not called Seaman." <laughs> so I eventually get a, uh, a phone call back from, "Have you, have you seen him?" I said, "No, send us a picture." And the signal around the stadium is absolutely horrendous. So this picture comes through like something from the 1980s on a, on a, like you know, a, a, a video telephone sort of thing judders through on my messages and I get this blurry picture and I go look at the picture and I look at Steve and I look at my brother and I go and I look around and I go I'm looking for a guy who looks a little bit like you Steve but I don't know I don't think it's you I can't see anybody else around and Steve says show me the phone I turn the phone to him and he goes that is me ten fucking minutes we've been standing there <laughs> <laughs> But the, the, that, that um, brings me on to about people moaning that Chelsea fans, we went to the pub after uh, the, the game, uh, not planning to, because Trev had said, come up to the Eaglet and stuff, and we ended up going to Drayton Arms, which was the away pub, and we know the guy who runs there, Mark, he's an Irish guy and everything else. And we're standing in the corner, just having a quiet beer, it gets a little bit mixed um, after the game. And uh, there's a few naughty little fuckers in there, and you're thinking, oh, I might come unstuck here. So me and Rory were chatting away and chatting away, and these two people, uh, a guy called Mark and Jack, and I'm trying to get their audio to work, and hopefully I'll be able to embed it into this podcast. But they've done a little bit of a, an interview with us. They weren't happy with Sari. So, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm here with Mark and Jack, uh, Chelsea fans. I'm in the Chelsea away pub. Um, Mark is not very happy about Sarri. I'm furious with Chelsea today. I'm furious with Sarri for one reason and one reason only. Our two world-class players are playing out of position. The only acceptable um, 
reason that could be is if the system that he plays counteracts that and we are a better side for that. It's not happening, so I am absolutely and utterly disgusted with that performance tonight. Do, do you think you deserved anything out of today? Not a thing, not one thing. Do you think Arsenal deserved anything out of today? You won it by default. What's that, Jack? You won it by default. You are not quite as bad as us, but nearly. You, did, if, you basically did a Chelsea on us about five years ago. When we used to beat you, we used to beat you. Or were by, you that fucking prick Maureen? Yep. When we used to beat you, we used to beat you by not playing very well. We scored two goals, game done. Exactly the same game. That is two teams that really don't really deserve to be in the top four. So basically, I think United are... But, but would you rather one of our teams in the top four rather than Spurs? No. Oh, I would rather would, I would, would rather would, United got it than either of us. Okay, but do you want Spurs in the top four? Absolutely not. No, no, no. That's, that's my point. And they won't. They won't. No, no, they'll bottle it again, won't they? We got them on Thursday, so they won't bottle it. But like without Harry and what's his name? Uh, Son. They are. They've got one nothing. One thing: if you can keep this in, where is your European Cup? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Jack, I used to like you. You can fuck off now. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> Jack, all I will say to that response is, you bought it all. Well, nor should they, nor should they be happy because it was a, a, as much as we can be super excited about the result and we should be excited about the result because after the West Ham game, who knew what we were going to, what we were going to throw up. I actually predicted us for a loss, a low-scoring loss, because I didn't think Chelsea had a lot of goals. But I said immediately, I think at half-time I put a tweet out saying, these Chelsea fans are going to be out for blood with a performance like this. So once I heard that interview that you did, I thought, yep, sounds about right. Mm, yeah. They, did, they didn't hardly sing. And when they did sing up um, at the other end, it wasn't... They, they died down after a little bit because we were right up for it in the crowd and we, we sung up. Not top it wasn't, level. It, it wasn't the loudest, was it, John? No. But oh, after was we, it? When we're in front, we sing more, which is a bit of a poor show, personally. It should think. be the other way around, really. It should be it? the other way around, yeah. Not to mention, I'd think that the, the fan base would have been going into that game shitting their pants because a loss there is menu over the top of us and top four done. That was on a knife's edge. It would have been so tense to be there live. Johnny, did you did you feel that there? Yes, yes, yes. I, you know what? I didn't necessarily feel tension so much because a bit like before the game, like last week when we'd done the podcast, I predicted a draw, 1-1. And I, got, I was in touch with Boston Ozil and he says, what do you reckon on the game? I said, I don't know. He said, you predicted a, a, a draw. And I went, yeah, I did. I said, but as the week's gone along, they haven't signed Higuain yet. Not that I think he's that great, but I think he, he gives them a striking option. Um, as the week went along, I thought, they've got no really striking options. Um, I was comfortable with some of ours and I thought you know what I think this would go either way there was no way to call it but I thought no I've got a funny feeling 2-1 Arsenal I didn't change my prediction and the prediction league still says 1-1 because once it's in it's in um, but it, it was all in all a, a good atmosphere um, obviously the uh, the later kickoff uh, on a Saturday 
means everyone's on the piss a lot earlier. Um, and, uh, yeah, there, I think there's quite a lot of people worse for wear. For me, for once, I wasn't too bad, was I, Jolly? Yeah, you weren't too bad. Trevor was fucked, though. <laughs> oh, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he was dancing at Peterborough Station when he got home. His wife was taking the piss out of him. Mate, he has no recollection of getting to Peterborough, let alone getting home. Uh, he, put, he he messaged uh, me and said, uh, oh, uh, Donna says that uh, I was in great form when I got to the station. He said, I have no no recollection of getting to Peterborough. <laughs> well, we, we, we've got some news with, with Trev. We're, we're sending Trev, because of Brexit and everything else, um, we're going to send Trev to be our European correspondent because we're unsure of how things will be after Brexit. So we're sending uh, Trev to Greece to be our European correspondent and he will continue to podcast from there. He's even updated his, his Twitter bio, bio saying he's a podcaster as well. Well done, Trev. We love you, mate. <laughs> you know what's even better, though? I think uh, he's actually gone to be fast-forward into the future to see how... Uh, what it's like to be fucked over by Europe. And that's why he's gone to Greece. So Chelsea only defeat in the last 14 games against Arsenal was a 3-0 loss at the Emirates Stadium in 2016. They won 8 and drawn 5. They could become the first visiting team to win 6 competitive fixtures at the Emirates, currently level with Manchester United at 5. This is ahead of the game as well. The Gunners are undefeated in the last 10 Premier League games at home, winning 8 and drawing 2, with the last loss coming against Manchester City in the opening weekend of the season. They are unbeaten in the last in their previous 12 uh, London derbies at home, winning the last five. Their most recent home derby uh, defeat came against Chelsea in 2016. Arsenal kept just three Premier League clean sheets this season term only Fulham uh, have uh, a worse record and Bert Leno has kept just one clean sheet in his 15 Premier League starts um, only three goalkeepers which is Gavin Ward Julian Speroni and John Ruddy have recorded um, uh, recorded uh, fifth uh, have recorded none in the first 15 games lineups people Ozil starts uh, sorry Ozil's on the bench Maitland Niles on the bench. Rambo starts. It's a back four. Was it two up front? It was two up front, yeah. I Very mean, much. That, when we was talking, uh, I think last week, I think I sent everybody in our little chat group uh, uh, one of those formation things you can do online and explained how I thought we should play to the end of the season. And you know what? I think Emery has been reading our messages because that's exactly how they bloody well played against Chelsea. We played well, I, I tagged him in it. Yeah, well, there you go. That's the thing, though, isn't it? Um, <laughs> well, we played a bit of a diamond, I thought. Uh, I was quite surprised um, at the way we played, and I think that Ramsey was the focal point of the of the team, and we did a, we did what Emery said we was going to do. When it, right back in August, we were going to press, press, press high up, and that's what we did. And Aubameyang was getting back, Lacazette was getting back, Aubameyang was in our in our box defending at one point. I couldn't believe it. He was putting in sliding tackles, great tackles. Yeah, some sliding last minute tackles in our own box. Normally, when a a striker goes in for a tackle, you you flinch automatically, don't you? It's a age old phrase. It's like, oh, that's a striker's tackle. Mind you, you, Ramsey was the contrast between 
the West Ham game and the Chelsea game, just having a creative midfielder. Uh, I know the other players played well, uh, and um, you know the the team as a whole performed very very well. But just having that creative midfielder just shows the difference that we miss with not having Ramsey or Ozil. Can I just say with the Aubameyang thing, that is my favourite non-goal-scoring performance of any player this year. I thought it was the biggest double V sign, a metaphorical double V sign to the bench, to Ozil, to say, watch this, son. This is how a leopard can change its spots. At the start of the season, I didn't know Aubameyang had that in him. Traditionally, from what I've seen, he's not had that in him in the last Five weeks, his work rate's gone through the roof and it crescendoed today. Usually if Aubameyang doesn't score, we tend not to rate him. Today he was fantastic. Or yesterday, what day is it? This game, he was absolutely fantastic. His press, his desire, the tackles in the box, everything. I was so chuffed for him. So Lacazette put Arsenal ahead in 14 minutes. Uh, when uh, Yeah, when he made, made the most of a, of a poor... Bellerin cross, but a fine touch before turning, turning and beating the um, uh, Chelsea keeper Kepa. Um, at his near post. At his near post, a fair strike. Yeah, definitely. Arsenal's intense press, pressing, as you said, hampered Chelsea' ability to play the ball from the back, and particularly in the first half, they got us deservedly out of the second uh, by Lauren Kilchelny. It came off at his head, not his shoulder. On the 39th minute, we went in half time uh, ahead. That's got to be one of the first times this season, uh, if not the second time. I, I, can't, I can't recall uh, the other time that we've gone in ahead at half-time. We're 2-0 ahead. Sarri's Chelsea struggled to create in the first half, but they did um, hit the post on the stroke of half-time. And Alonso, the murderer, um, he got some stick, didn't he? He got oh, yeah. some stick. Oh, oh, definitely. Every time he touched the ball, he got it booed. Boo. But they're only their first shot on target wasn't until the 82nd minute. Um, the Arsenal's defence held really strong, led by Lauren Kilchelny. Uh, we were absolutely fantastic. Final score, 2-0. What's your summarisation of, of the game, guys? Like, you know, can I'll I leave just, you talk. Can I just point out for a minute, it came off his shoulder. It definitely did it did it did but I don't but, but, but <laughs> it would that be classified as a hand, no, handball no it comes with it being off the shoulder no it doesn't okay well okay. the top of the shoulder doesn't count it's something that you move towards the ball so it would be below the, sh- the actual shoulder joint if it in, if, I think it interferes with play so if his hand basically if it was the hand of God sort of style then yes it would have been handball but because he didn't actually go with it for, with his hand it doesn't class as handball well, does that mean that Socrates doesn't get the assist? It's Koscielny's head heading it onto his own shoulder gets the. Uh, I don't think he come off his head, did he? I think he just no. went straight off his shoulder. He just slipped down, slipped down his forehead and tapped his shoulder and was good. I think the momentum of the player was it was going to go in, wasn't it? Yeah, and I was a, it was a good ball in from Socrates, a very very instinctive uh, kick in into the right area. But we could have been. Three or four nil up at half time. Yeah, I think right before we scored the first one, Bamiang had a really good chance, 
Uh, and he also later on, after we scored, he had the overhead kick chance, which was a whisker wide. Oh, and that was that, that would have been that would have been one off the goals of the season. If, if you look at your yeah. top ten goals, that would have been in there, wouldn't it? Yeah, for me it was. It was such a good uh, attempt. But we don't get goals for attempts, just like you don't get trophies for putting the pressure on. <laughs> <laughs> they got fucking lucky. Let's move on. Fuck it now. So, and he should have number forty on the back of his shirt. Why? Forty winks. Oh Jesus oh, Christ! God. Come on, Fergus. <laughs> I've been talking to John Malone for too long. Yes. <laughs> Learning shit <Wow>. jokes. <laughs> well, can I just point out that uh, although it didn't take off, I did start a new a new song. Uh, but, but this is just specifically for the Chelsea fans, and uh, anybody who listened to. What they were doing uh, when they was away in Paris, I was singing. Would you let Kante on the train? Would you let Kante on the train? I heard that going round. I started well. It's not up there with the Torreira song, but it, it. I did try my hardest to try and get him to sing it. Where especially when the Chelsea fans were so quiet, maybe they they actually took it seriously when they called uh, the Emirates the library. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shh. Yeah. We've got to talk about Hector. Oh, Jesus Christ. I feel so sorry for that guy. Gutted. It deflated the win for me in 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 a bit of respect. Yeah, yeah. it took the shine off it, definitely, because yeah. he was playing so well. Uh, I mean, everybody on who started the game played really, really well, I thought. It's just a, such a shame, such a shame that you got an injury like that. I, I I've been saying to the guys uh, around me that you know Hector was, he's him and probably Kalasniak are the most improved players that I've seen since Emery came in. He is transformed, and we talked about uh, potential captains. I think we we've touched on before, and yeah. he's got he's got to be up there, hasn't he? Definitely, definitely. I mean, I know we've got been... we've got we've got that as a question um, in the Gunnar debate about Bellerin. So we'll we'll hold forward about uh, hold hold forward hold hold back on the um, on on the captain debate. But he is just so well improved. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. I think he's taking it on uh, in himself for being around in the club for so long that he is probably one of the longest serving players we've got now in terms of being on the books. Johnny, I task you with a decent song, something to do along like you dress like shit, but you're the you're great or something. I don't know. You, you're the poet, and you know it. <laughs> well, remember that video of him at the the F1 when he just got referred to as some hipster, uh, and the the guy who described him didn't know it was Hector Bellerin. He was in the VIP bit of uh, behind. I can't remember which Grand Prix it was. But yeah, Probably it, Barcelona or something like that. Was the Spanish Grand Prix, was it? No, it was some random one. Um, but yeah, he, he just got dismissed as some hipster. And to, let's, let's face it, when I walk around uh, Shoreditch, which is the natural uh, habitat of the hipster, um, that that's exactly what you look like. I think it was the uh, Belgian one. Yeah, I think it, was, it might have been Sparks. I remember. I think I remember watching that actually. Yeah. Oh, I'd rather I'd rather gauge my eyes out with um, with with blunt toothpicks than watch Formula One. Troy, who's one of our bloggers, asked, um, "Did we bring Bellerin back too soon?" It's a different injury. 
it's an it's a it new did. it's a new injury. It's a strange injury if it ends up being an ACL because ACLs are usually fatigue based. So uh, I, I'm like I'm gutted. I'm gutted. It honestly took yeah. the shine off the game for me to the point where it's majority of what I've been able to think about, and I th- I think it's going to be a much bigger loss than what we can quantify at the moment. It, it really it, brings yeah. into question some stuff with Maitland Niles, you know, whether yep. this is going to be the best possible thing for him because he's going to get a long extended run in the team. Or if this is going to be more time that Maitland Niles doesn't become an option in the midfield and we don't get to see him in the midfield again, I'll be interested to see whether we're straight into the loan market and after a right back for the rest of the season. In fairness, I haven't been greatly impressed with Maitland Niles in the majority of his performances uh, this season. I don't think he's been great in the midfield. I thought he was good on the he a couple of games or one game he done right wing and he, he's he two games two games on the on the right of a three he's looked really good this year I think it was one in Europa and the game against Liverpool he, he's not looked really really comfortable and my thing is is if you're going to play Maitland Niles back there you're almost forced into a back three again because mm-hmm. I think he'll be better as a wing back than he is as a right back. Well, don't forget, we do have two other right backs on the books. I never want to see Lee Steiner in this team again. Yeah, but the fifty pence. Korpelchenko, I would. I'd the play. I'd stealing a living. I yeah, would I'd, play Jenko ahead of Lichtsteiner. Yeah, I'd play hundred so percent, Johnny. I'd play Jenko instead of Lichtsteiner. I pretty much never want to see Lichtsteiner lace boots again. You know what? The positive, the positive out of this, looking for a positive out of such a bad negative is, if Bellerin is out for six to nine months, so he's got to be out for the rest of the season and possibly the beginning of next season. Is if it did give Jenko a run in the team, and then he was genuinely good competition for Bellerin when he comes back because Bellerin would be your number one at the right back position or even the right wing back position um, Jenkinson looking at some of his games and I know people know my uh, look, local sort of bias towards the guy because I like the guy and I like the fact that he's an Arsenal fan through and through he's just like us um, And uh, but he technically is very good at putting some of the crosses in and some of his work rate again Similar to Bellerin, defensively, he can be a little bit suspect and a little bit rabid in headlights. But um, I like the guy. I'd like, I'd like him to make it. And hopefully, uh, this could give him an opportunity to to to, to, um, to shine. Yeah, just not be around the bush. He might be a, uh, like a mid to lower tab- table Premier League player. But... He's Arsenal through and through, and he will put his body on the line for the team. And we want that more than just uh, somebody who's a bit scary on the sideline who hasn't got the pace anymore. And it's Agreed. very difficult to, as as we've kind of spoken about before, it's very difficult to bring understudy players in, to bring someone mm. in underneath Bellerin when you know how many games Bellerin, when fit, plays per year. He plays a massive amount of games. He's first name on the team sheet when he's fit. So how are you going to bring in someone to understudy? Like Shaka. Mm. Like Shaka. Again, first name on the team sheet, Shaka. He's played every game he's been been available for, for Emery. Every game he's been available for, for Wenger. Um, What did you make of him in the game? He was anonymous. To the, sorry, I'm going to say, can I go back to the Jenkinson bit quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you were saying about uh, 
him being Arsenal through and through. But I think if he was ever going to be picked, it, the time was when Bellerin was first injured. He never will. He, got, he didn't even get a look in. Other than I don't think he was fit Cup quite games. then. He wasn't fully fit now. He wasn't here well, to come back from injury yeah, himself. Yeah, he was. Well, he had a knock. I don't know, but I think if any was the time, it would have been round then. Now I, just, I can't see him getting a look in over over Maitland Niles or Lichstein. I just can't see him getting a look in. I agree that he'll probably get picked behind Maitland Niles. Personally, I don't think we should keep flogging a dead horse trying to push Maitland Niles into a right wing back position that he clearly is adept for. He played quite well at left wing back when we had to put him there. Um, but positionally, that's not his game. He's an attacking midfielder. Oh, no, we- I completely agree. He's not, what he's about not, Monreal? He's not anywhere near right back. What about Monreal off the right? He's an intelligent uh, be- player. Before we I jump on to Monreal, be um, before we jump on to Monreal, guys, um, Shaka, somebody said he was totally anonymous. I, I was talking to a friend of mine uh, today and he can't stand Shaka. He, he makes Manny look like passive. Um, and that's saying something. But he said it was one of his best games. He did uh, make he did make one or two, which he does every time, poor passes. But in, in the main, he had a good game. So my, my words... Uh, I didn't quite get to finish and what I was going to say was anonym- anonymous is good for Xhaka because it means he didn't fuck up yes it means he didn't fuck up exactly yeah. if he's no, not I, if I he's not in the forefront of our minds and us saying can you believe he did that generally mm-hmm. it means Xhaka's had an okay game it's the it's the Carrick syndrome you know of that of that idea that you could barely notice a guy, but somehow he's still metronomically controlling the game. And he didn't have any giant fuck-ups. He didn't get run past that much. I think the system suited him more. Torreira and Genduzzi either side of him, their work rate protected him a little bit. It protects Xhaka from Xhaka. Yes. He, yes. he covered more, more ground than anybody else on the pitch, apparently. Well, as a team, did you see the Optus stats? That since Opta started recording stats, that game Arsenal ran more than any team has ever run in any game recorded by Opta. That's an amazing stat. It is. Which, I, which is what Emery was demanding from the start. Yeah, I mean, and, that is and, just and when, astounding. When they deliver those sort of performances, we get those resu- results against Liverpool. Okay, we only got the draw um, against. Spurs, even though we're all going into it really uh, fearing that Spurs uh, may uh, do us at our own ground, and we smashed them. And Chelsea, we also went in fearing uh, that a little. Um, And here we go. Who would you say... um, Actually... Somebody else who comes into a lot of criticism is um, Lauren Koscielny. He's passed at it. He's fucked. Uh, me, personally, I think he should be... I, I think I've been quoted in saying if he was a horse, he'd been taken around the back and shot. Um, Only good for glue, as a uh, famous band y- said. Yeah. Um, what What did you make of him? Go on, um, Max, you come in on this one. Uh, I actually thought against... West Ham, he was one of the best players on the pitch, and I wrote down a note saying that he looked really, really fit. Obviously, against Chelsea, he had a blinder. I wonder whether or not this injury might do something quite good for him in extending his career a little bit 
in the sense that he can't be such a maverick. He can't be such a ball-winning, high-up-the-pitch centre-back because maybe he's lost a little bit of athleticism. And he's going to start to use his brain a bit more, more um, in the mould of the big effing German than in the mould of a Mustafi. Yeah, Tony Adams per whatever, yeah. You know, I wonder if this is going to be something for Koscielny that ends up extending him a little bit because his positioning in this game was amazing. Someone was saying, oh, he didn't have to do anything. He was just he was just there and, and just kicked the ball. But a good defender out. doesn't need to. And, and that's exactly what I was about to say. That is what a good defender does. He was just there for these very simple little side foot clearances. So some of the and how can the slowest man on the up. pitch uh, in per Metasacker be a World Cup winner and everything else. It, it, it's about reading the game. Look, I'm, uh, I, I, I don't profess to be a footballer of any standard or anything like that, but as an observer of football, I, I would say, you know, if you can read the game well enough, you, you're halfway there. Um, I do agree with you, Max, on the uh, his fitness. I saw match of the day that night when I came back, um, and he, he just looks like... I, I didn't... I didn't know I was going to make a comment. I didn't know if he looked unwell. You know when people are so trim and lean, you go, do you look unwell or do you look really fit? I, I, do you get what I mean? Well, I mean, if you watch the video of his recovery, the work he's done has been massive. Um, so, you know, his fitness level's obviously through the roof. His haircut makes him look different as well. It's no faux hawk, but... You know, it's just a short back and sides, isn't it? He means business. He looks like an accountant now. Yeah. <laughs> right, man of the match, people. Who's going... Uh, Scotty, you go first. Who's your man of the match? Uh, mine was a toss-up between Aubameyang and uh, Koscielny for that match. Uh, Who are you picking? I'm going to go with Koscielny. Uh, John? Johnny? Oh, I, to be honest with you, I'm torn, but I think I landed on Aubameyang. Max? Koscielny, but I really wanted to give it to Aubameyang because I loved his performance, but Koscielny deserved it. What your sexual preferences are are (laughs) completely, you know, different, you know. We're a liberal liberal podcast, but so you're giving it to who? Koscielny, Koscielny. Koscielny. And I I will agree. I'm, again, I thought... I, I I actually liked Kolasniak. I thought he played really, really well. Um, and he was strong. And, and Bellerin, until he got injured, was really, really well. Um, but over the whole game, um, Koz has got to get it from me. So there you know we go. what really pisses me off about Kolasniak? When he cuts back when he's got clear sight and goal, just fucking smash it into it, will you, please? But he's got the mo- most assists, Mike. Than... Oh, I don't get me wrong. Yeah, I understand that, and I, I get it completely. But when you've got clear sight on goal, and you, he had it, you know what I mean? He had it in the... Uh, oh, what game was it? I can't remember now. But he also had it in this game as well with Chelsea. You just think, if you just absolutely plant that, that's going in. And he doesn't. He cuts it back. Maybe he's not confident in... Maybe he's not confident in his final strike, and he knows that... Uh, also, he's going to get pelters from a striker... If he fucks up and misses, maybe so. But sometimes you just got to absolutely whack it, aren't you? You know what I mean. His, ass- I his assisting, his assisting is a lot like Aubameyang's finishing. That's my only thing with Kalasniak. Is that he's actually quite profligate. He he creates so many opportunities, but only a couple of them come to fruition. And I I still felt that a little bit in this game, and I think that's part of that 
two-minded decision-making as to whether just smash it or smash it across the face. But he was, you know, he played a decent game, I thought. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to take anything away from him. He had a good game, but I just think sometimes I wish he would just absolutely plant it. And if it go, you know what I mean, the keeper ain't going to save it. It's going to come off the keeper, and you never know. It could fall to anyone. So it's, it's for me, one of them. And you just think, oh, just, just hit it, will you? Please, just hit it. But, Johnny, final but, word on the game? Oh, I was going to say Kolasinac is run to get into that position where we're saying, oh, you should just smash it, was phenomenal. It was brilliant. He took on three players, got past them. And he did have a player and the keeper in front of him. So I can kind of see why he didn't um, smash it because he was playing. He was, the... No, because he, he ran past Rudiger, didn't he? Um, I think it was, he had clear sight on goal, if I remember rightly. And then he cut it, he cut it back, but it, it, I can't remember where it went. So he got cut he out. Jorginho, wasn't it? The, cut, the player that I thought was coming across to cut down the angle for him anticipated his cutback and then and cut it out. Uh, but nonetheless, I agree, he should have smashed it. But his his mindset is get to the byline and pull it back, which is exactly what Bellerin does on the other side. Get to the byline and pull it back. Get to a good position and, and pull it back. And he, he looks as fit as a, but, a butcher's dog as well. He's, he, he's trimmed down, he's yeah. fast. I think all the players have, have just generally leaned look stronger, fitter, um, less bulk, but look, look like, like machines. Tank to me. What's, mm. Oh, he, he still is a tank, Mike. Yeah. He is. He is huge, but he's he's lean rather than just bulk. Do you understand? Do you get what I mean? I, it I sounds like a yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, the stats on this game: we had only thirty-six percent possession versus Chelsea sixty-four, which is fantastic let them have the ball let them blow themselves out we done our damage in the first half uh, shots uh, we both had 13 each uh, we had five on target uh, and to be honest those other uh, three that we missed we should have got at least two of those as goals Chelsea only had one hit in the post uh, corners five versus six fouls 13 versus 15 prediction league wise um I predicted 1-1, so I got no points. Manny also went for a score draw. He went for 2-2, no points. Um, Tom Sobel, on behalf of the USA and Mike, um, went for a 4-3. Um, and you know what? I thought he was talking absolute bollocks when he said that. Sorry, Mike, I'm not slagging you off, but I thought, Jesus, no. But it could have been one of those games uh, to a certain degree, especially from the, the Arsenal point of view. Um, and... Uh, our guest Trevor last week went for three one. So uh, Mike uh, uh, Mike Boston uh, will get one point, and the guest will get one point. The running total on there is I'm on twenty six, Manny's on twenty seven, Mike's on twenty five, and the guests are on twenty four. So catching up a little bit. Um, Arsenal ladies team, uh, they um, don't have a game until Sunday the 27th. They're playing Reading in, in Adams Park, so there's not really much to talk about on that area. Um, we have the FA Cup. It's the fourth round of the FA Cup. It's Friday night football, and I think, as I alluded to last week, my wife is going to spend the weekend with some friends uh, in Norfolk, um, Obviously, once I finish work, I'm fucking out. I'm out, out. What do people think about the game? Who do you think the lineups will be? What do you think the changes might be? What's 
what are the main threats from a reinvigorated United side under the baby-faced assassin? Are we confident? Johnny, are you there? I'm here, yeah. No, um, uh, t- on Friday? Oh, yeah, I'll be there. Um, I, I'm kind of, I'm torn. I'm actually pleased in one way that it's been moved to the Friday because I get to go. But disappointed and a bit pissed off at the fact that they've got the FA Cup on a fucking Friday night. It should be done on a sat on a Saturday. It's absolutely ridiculous. But I'll be at, I'll be at the game, and uh, and then I'll be winging my way to a campsite in Essex to uh, get ready to welcome, uh, do some volunteer with uh, uh, Cub Scouts and Beaver Scouts, and they're going on a sleepover. So I'm going to go straight from the game to there. So you're not drinking then? I will not be drinking though, because I can't really drink around the kids. Uh, while I've while you talk about some of the stuff you're doing, like for the Cub, cub Scouts, and before we uh, Cub Scouts even, um, before we get into the United game in, in its entirety, uh, we done um, the uh, reverse food hamper, or the reverse advent calendar before Christmas, but we've now got a new. Uh, thing that we're going to promote. Uh, Johnny, do you want to tell us a little bit about it? Oh, the uh, the Crystal Palace uh, thing? Yes, please. Oh, okay, fair enough. Only because I messaged it to you. I didn't, I didn't think about it much since then. Well, uh, Crystal Palace are opening up their, their ground to the homeless of the local area when temperatures reach zero or below. So they will basically open up the doors so people can sleep in and out of the cold, which I think from every football fan uh, or decent human being can stand up and applaud uh, Crystal Palace. And I wish that our club would do something similar. I, and I think we should promote it more and more. I have shared uh, the post that I put on Guns and Yellow Ribbons Facebook page across several other Arsenal pages, and hopefully we'll pick it up from there. We'll uh, if you wouldn't mind, put something on Instagram, Johnny, and let's see mm-hmm. if we can get Arsenal involved and see if we can get some some action. And if we can have some assistance on that one from uh, the Southern Hemisphere as well, getting some publicity down there and see if Arsenal, Man United, Chelsea, all the teams in the, in, in, in the English Football League do stuff for people who are less fortunate than ourselves. Anyway, so Friday night... Man United. Max, thoughts? Well, it's Friday, Wednesday, Sunday, isn't it? The next three fixtures. Friday, Wednesday, Sunday? Friday, Tuesday. Tuesday. Um, the Cardiff game is on Tuesday. We'll have a podcast before that one. It's it, it, On the Cardiff game. It's my grandson's um, 10th birthday today. Happy birthday, little Joseph. Um, and uh, Joseph became a junior gunner. Um, for his birthday so he's a junior gunner on the on the season ticket waiting list as well and he's got his little card and everything else and uh mark kindly mark porter kindly um let me buy his seat off him for the cardiff game so he's coming to his first official league game on tuesday the 29th so yeah it's a tuesday that's how i know that one uh so you would imagine that we would look we've got to take a full strength squad to play menu i think we have Mm -hmm. to for momentum and I think we have to for the feeling around the club for us to for us to maintain this this positive vibe uh, if there's going to be a game out of the three that we rest in we'll 
I think we're probably smarter to rest in Cardiff because we should swat them aside a bit. But um, I think we'll go there. Am I super confident? I'm not super, super confident because Man U are a bit resurgent at the moment. But I can see us uh, maybe nicking a win. Uh, Mike, what do you think? Uh, in all honesty, I, I, well, I think they're going to play out full strength team, uh, definitely, because Solskjaer, he's got nothing to lose. He's only there till the end of the season, and if he wants a new contract, he's going to have to win something. And the FA Cup's going to be the perfect opportunity to win, bring back a trophy for them. Uh, so is, they're definitely going to go out with full strength. Is the FA Cup a high priority for us? Now, I mean, top four is our is what we need. We know we need to get there. We know we need to get back to a point where we're able to attract top flight players. If we can't get into top four, an FA Cup isn't really going to help us no, that I, I'd much. I agree with that. Yeah, I think, I think the FA Cup shouldn't necessarily be our top priority. Yes, it's nice to have a trophy, don't get me wrong. But I think, like you say, it's, it's either going to be top four or the Europa, I can't, you know what I mean, I'd rather aim for one of them too, rather than the FA Cup, but then again, I think I still think we should go for it against Man U, it would be nice to nick a win It's bragging rights, isn't it? It's bragging rights, Mike. That? I think it's, it's like more a... momentum, I think it's more yeah. maintaining a positive momentum, and having that carry through from Friday into next week. And who do we see as their main threats? You know... Rashford and Pogba. Rashford mm. and Pogba. The and resurgent Martial. fire, yeah. isn't it? The resurgent Rashford. Yeah, uh, brilliant. Well, he he's not really been resurgent. He was just never played well enough, was he? Well, he was he's never played, played in the, the proper. Yeah, yeah, wasn't played Mourinho's in his ideal a position. Boring prick, and I wish he had stayed for the next ten years. I wish they had given him a ten-year contract, and he had to suck his little poisonous fingers into that club. Even more, but they're buoyant. They're up. I mean, it happens when you bring in new managers, especially when you bring in people who, on short leads, are connected to the club. People who are going to get an instant reaction out of the players. You know, ex great players. Does it mean he's a fantastic manager? No, he's just had a really great reaction. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to come in and say, oh, "I'll play some of the attacking lads, and we might get more goals." I think it helps for him as well that he's brought uh, Fergie in for a few, you know, for you know, for talking and a bit of leadership and everything else. You know, what I mean, to have a talk with the players and stuff. I think that's probably helped his situation as well. You know, what I mean, with him being Ferguson's one of Ferguson's lads that he always counted on in some respects. So. Well. Well, I'm just waiting on Manny to come back to me with his score prediction. I just sent him a message. Uh, I forgot to ask him. But um, uh, Mike, do you want to give a, a score prediction on behalf of for for the Mikes? Yeah, I can do. Uh, I think I honestly think we're going to lose this one because uh, I, I honestly do believe he's going to stick out a full strength squad. So I'm going to say a two one loss, and that'll be the first one I've ever done for a long time. Okay. I'd li- listen, I don't like predicting the loss at all either. It but don't feel great. I feel it like don't feel great, but like we have to be realistic. And there's no, in the back there's of my throat, it, it's not very nice. But Yeah, there's no, and there's no point in predicting if we always think we're going to win. Is this there? is it, yeah. yeah. So, um, on behalf of the guests, um, 
who Johnny, you haven't predicted for a little while, have you? I can't remember the last time, to be quite frank with you. Do you want to go with this one? Yeah, go on in. Uh, I think that it will be the 3-2 loss that I thought that might happen against Chelsea. Um, I was flipping and flopping between 3-2 win, 3-2 loss. I think it's going to be really close. Uh, and you're going, we're losing 3-2. I'm going only because we've got no Hector and uh, I think Koscielny will probably not make it. I think um, it might be too close for him. Okay. Yeah. Max, you can, uh, temporarily at least, unless, well, we'll see how far the toys get chucked out of the pram. Do you want to take Manny's spot and predict? I am actually going to go the opposite because I've picked a couple of losses in recent time. I think we're going to go out and we're going to do a job. I, I think we might go out and we might win it. So I'm going to go with a 2-1 to the Arsenal. Okay, and I've gone for 1-0 to the Arsenal. There we go. There we go. Um, what did we make? We, uh, we we do a general roundup of um, a couple of league games. West Ham lose to Bournemouth. <sighs> How the fuck can West Ham lose to Bournemouth um, when they made us look like shit? Uh, and how we looked yesterday is just it 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 just I don't know I think I've touched on it before it's all about creativity in the midfield and the connection from the defence to the midfield and Bellerin coming on anybody disagree? Yeah, I think that uh, Ramsey being on the pitch made the difference I mean everybody was talking about Ozil but it was more the creative link between the the front and back. I yeah, be it Ozil, be it Ozil or, or Ramsey, whoever, but you just needed a player to do that. Exactly. And the three players that we have that do it best, uh, one of them is playing too much Fortnite and the other one's injured. And then you've got Ramsey who's off at the end of the season, but he's being a consummate professional and should be commended for it. Mm-hmm. Fulham v Spurs, I put down here. Fulham were unlucky. They should have had a penalty early on um, with that... Um, What's his name? The number nine for Fulham. He was dragged down by his shirt really, really bad in the first half in the box. And then that fucking 40 winks gets a, a late 93rd minute goal. It just fucks me off, doesn't what it? Bastards. Hmm. Gooner debate, boys. If uh, we, you just think of WWF or whatever. So Ozil versus Emery. Who's going to win? Emery's going to win that. Emery. Emery's going to win. Why? Oh, well, let's just see. I he has last say, doesn't he? He has last say on who, who uh, plays on the pitch at any one time. He doesn't have to play anybody. Um, and he said he's treating everybody the same. So if you're not if you're not gonna be up for the fight, get going. If Ozil and- was gonna be backed, he'd have been backed already. If yes. the, if the club was going to sit there and put pressure on Emery to select him, it would have happened after the last couple of performances where people have been screaming for him. So as far as I'm concerned, I think the the club has worked out that he needs to be moved on, whether that's for cultural reasons, for wage bill reasons, or for football reasons. We don't know, but there's obviously something going on there. I'll be very, very surprised if Mesut's people aren't working furiously to find a way to get him out of the club. Why? He can sit there 
another till 2022 and get 350 yeah, grand not, a week. A, and his agent said he's happy to do that. But that's only that's only about a third of his income. You got to remember, he makes so much money off of his marketing. He's the fifth most marketed player in the world. So every every game that he's sitting on the bench or not getting picked or not even being in the, on the bench is damaging his brand. He might and do that for six months. He might sit for six months. He might sit there like this. This six months of this game, he might sit there and say, "No, I'm not going. I'm on 350k. He won't last forever." doing it mm-hmm. we, we've seen it t- historically traditionally with players having a dummy spit and sitting there except for fucking Sean Wright Phillips everyone else has ever moved on so is he going to China or is he like it, when he moves is he going to China or is he going to PSG because there's that, not many other people that will pay him and he's 30 years of age if you read Petit article you know Petit seems to be of the opinion that Ozil might not really care that much about football anymore he's won everything he seems to want to sit on his ass and play Fortnite and do what he wants to do. So I don't see why maybe China would be out of reach for him. He's not young. He's got nothing else to prove. I, I think more likely you'd see a, a, a low cut, a low price or a cut price offer come in from somewhere like Italy. Maybe they offer £20 million, give him £20 million in a sign-on fee and then reduce his wages down to something reasonable. I mean, Higuain's on 250 over there, so I don't see why the Italian league can't bolster two thirds of his wage. If we oh, take, the I was going to say uh, someone in Europe will take him, but he'll he will have to cut his wages down, so he probably will end up being a big signing on fee. Well, there's, he, a, he, there's he, a lot of talk with, uh, with uh, Atletico Madrid wanting to take him, though, isn't there? I've not. Seen I didn't that. hear anything on that. Yeah, there was like a week or so ago. There was a lot of traction on it. On especially not reading Sports. the Sun again, aren't you? Oh, fuck, what my ass that. I, you, know, I, you know I don't read papers. <laughs> Ozil is one of our five captains, um, but many of them are nearing uh, the end of their contracts, are leaving. So you've got Koscielny, uh, uh, who's, well, until la- last week, failing. Um, Czech, who's retiring. Ozil, we don't know. Rambo's leaving. Shaka. Um, who in this squad can you see being our captain going forward? Shaka is he is he the captain? No. Uh, or somebody else? Bellerin. Bellerin is just that's the only one I can think of that it deserves to be or has the traits to be, and he's going to be the. He has the potential to stay there long enough for it to be consistent enough. I I just see Bellerin being it. Lacazette could be. I think the way of his endeavour. I don't think Aubameyang would want to be, um, but yeah, I, I I can only really see Bellerin. Definitely Bellerin. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Definitely Bellerin. Bellerin's the main. Or, in a couple of years, Rob Holding, I think, would be a really, really good share. I was just about to say that. Yeah. There's a chance in the in the um, in in the future that it will be uh, something like Rob Holding. For an interim, what? I don't mind. Socrates. If we were really scratching around for a captain, a, a short-term captain, I don't mind. What, Socrates. for the rest of the season or something like that? Yeah, I, 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 look, he's a defensive leader. I love the way that he, he... I love the way that he gets up and he applauds himself and other people for defensive effectiveness. You know, he's, 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 that, he's something that we've missed for so long as far as attitude and aggression. I could see a short-term option being him... But for the rest of the season, as long as he's fit, it's going to be Koscielny. 
on the Xhaka thing. I hate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just, he's it not just, a captain. It, he's not a captain. It rubs me up the wrong way, this idea that he's a captain. One of the five captains. I've never liked it. And to be honest, if someone threw me £25 million for him, I'd consider reinvesting. But at the end of the day, it's not about what we, the fans, think when it comes to being the captain. It's about how he brings the team together, how he uh, makes the team tick better. And if it is playing better when he has the armband, then he justifies his inclusion as one of the captains. I don't think it makes a difference when he's had the armband, though, even when he's had the armband. So, you know, through the season... It, it hasn't made a difference to how he plays, how he reacts with other players or anything else. You only see, you only have, often see him do is scream at the ref. Don't misconstrue aggression. And a captain. Yeah, but don't it, misconstrue yeah, oh, yeah. aggression with leadership. They're different yeah, things. Exactly. So I just don't think it, yeah, he's not, he hasn't got the characteristics uh, for me when he's on the pitch to be a captain. Where I agree with Socrates being there, it, I think he'd be a great in between until possibly. Bell- well, when Bellerin comes back um, other than that I don't see anyone else in that sort of role at this moment in time and the only reason why I would pick Bellerin is because the way he is in the tunnel at the start of the game is the only one screaming come on lads let's go it, go for it clapping uh, even when he's on the pitch he, he sort of claps you know what isn't, I mean he, he, gives, he gives it, it more Mike isn't it amazing how things have changed where even us, this podcast is just over a year old, and six months ago we were going, Bellerin, fucking hell, he's useless. He's all right going forward, uh, he's defensively lapsing and everything else, and we're just seeing the qualities. It shows the difference of of, of a new manager. It's just unbelievable, um, absolutely unbelievable. Our attitudes changing and other fans changing. I did say before the season started. You did, no, no, you've 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 I've corrected yourself two or three times, yeah. and you've said. And it's nice to be proven right in some respect. <laughs> it's just a, such a shame that he's injured Listen, the rest of it, though. Got, got a, we've got a couple of questions uh, to talk about um, uh, before we do a brief thing on the transfer window. Edu has turned down, apparently turned down the director of football role, um, with potential conflicts and egos playing a part at the club, um, and Sven leaving... Um, do we think this is a good a good thing? Um, second part of that question is, what the fuck is happening at Arsenal? Um, and the board, who are they? What the fuck do they do? It's all. It, it, these are three questions, but they're all connected. Yeah, it, it's quite valid to to ask what the fuck is going on. You got. Uh, I, I think one of our best. I um, say off-pitch signings in Sven Nislintat is leaving for some reason. Well, when your job is to sign players and you're being told there's no money to sign players, then you're kind of like, well, the, what the fuck do I do? That's what would be my point of view. I think it's like, what's pissed him off more than anything is the fact that the, this director of football role's been made and he didn't even get a mention or an offer for it. He, that's what he was promised the role, first of all. Oh, yeah, yeah, he was yeah. promised it from Gazidis, unfortunately, and because he's not there anymore, that's another thing. But even still, Raul was there. And the fact that he hasn't even been offered it, and it's been offered to Edu, who is part of the Brazil director of football there. Yeah, but how not? can you be a director of football when you've got a head of football? 
Raul's ahead of football. Believe, I, I don't know. I, I honestly director. do think, and I've, I think there's me and Manny have said it before, it's a dick measuring contest between them all. And unfortunately, <laughs> Sven has not got the biggest one. We're not on our yeah. arse bros now, you know that. You can come on next week and, and spout that sort of filth, mate. Uh, I apologise to anyone listening. <laughs> no, 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 it's, it, it, it's, it's it, fine. I'm only, say, I'm only saying what's probably true. I, and, and it is correct, but I was just stopping the slide before we got into Melbourne slang, you know. Uh, don't, believe me, I wasn't going to say Stefan's. Um, <laughs> although listen, it is very tempting. Listen, listen, you talk about, like, his role and so on. People are kicking off about loan deals everywhere, and everyone is doing loan deals. Why are our fan base getting so fucked off? We found out last week when we were talking about we're, we're, we're hampered with... Um, Financial fair play and um, sustainable—I can't remember what the rest of the phrase was. Um, it, it, why are people having a meltdown about that? And and also, give me your ideas about the board. And well, well, if if I could coin a phrase when it comes to disseminating information and the understanding and accepting of information goes from anything is that a person. It can be very clever and intelligent and erudite, but people are fucking stupid because <laughs> it, they, a group is harder to, to convince than an individual. And we have got some of the most opinionated group out there of keyboard warriors, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, Jesus, tell me about it. <laughs> You're not kidding. Yeah. And it, yeah, a person is clever, but people are fucking stupid. And I can't remember where I heard that. One of the issues is the way that the information is fed to us, especially now uh-huh. that there's less scope within the club. It's less transparent than it's ever been. And for the past 22 years, we've been able to direct all of our angst at one single focal point. So now we have a, a An group articulate... Of, yeah. Now, now, we have a, now we have a group of people... Okay, so we've for so long we've been able to direct our 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 angst at a singular figure, and now we have this larger group of people who are really faceless entities that we're looking oh. at, or the way we see it is faceless. And what Arsenal really need to do is find a better way of of giving us the information or or feeding us small amounts of information so that we can make decisions and understand what's going on in the club. Right now, we've got nothing. We're all just shooting the shit and coming up with ideas. And it's just like Johnny said, right? There's a lot of keyboard warriors out there throwing a lot of shit out there. I don't know what's going on at the club. It's all a big pile of shit. I've just seen on um, another Facebook group, uh, people starting to um, slag off... Oh, I... Slag off um, Stan Kroenke. Today, by the way, my, my brother uh, now lives in um, in Boston, in Massachusetts, where Boston also lives. He, he lives around that area. So, and he sent me over um, uh, a New England uh, Patriots um, hoodie. So, today I've been walking around. Now they've gone into the Super Bowl. I've, I've been wearing that because it's anti-Stan, anti-the Rams. But, <laughs> <laughs> which was my little, my little thing. But I've seen an awful lot of people... Um, going, fucking Stan Kroenke, this, that, and the other. And I understand and agree, because of the um, the communication, is poor communication channels, no connection with the club, no um, passion about the club, uh, no discussions with 
the fans. Josh looks slightly more interested. Uh, you heard our um, extra time one that we done last week um, with Tom, uh, but it people just get these things in their head, and as much Stan. It doesn't seem to want to be engaged with Arsenal Football Club. Let, you, people need to look at facts. True. Yeah, I think that's that's the biggest issue. Um, there is they are out there. I think we've posted it on our social media sites as well about the financial fair play and the you know I mean the wage structure and everything else. So the the information is out there. It's how people want to take it in. Unfortunately, there is the other people. You know, I mean, there is people who don't want to listen to any of that and think, "Fuck that." I'm going to decide on my own on doing what I want to do. Or I know better than this piece of paper or whatever's written in front of me. And that that's that is a big issue, but it it's always going to be like that unfortunately. I would like to see more input from Josh Cronkey, if I'm honest. He's director of Arsenal Football Club, um not the managing director but just the director. He's of, on the board isn't he, as well. Yeah, yeah. Um and he looked more interested in 3 months prior to Wenger leaving than Stan has in nearly 10 years. He's so got, He's got interests out in America, though, hasn't he? Any part of their hockey team or basketball uh, team? He, he looks after one of one of the other clubs, yeah. yeah. I think that's just going to be the unfortunate thing for us at the minute is, uh, just, you know, I mean, there's no one really going to take the full reins of it. But you have to look at it realistically. The Glaziers own, like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they own Man United. Um, you've got... Uh, John, what, what's his name? John is it John Henry? Um, the yeah, guy, John Henry, yeah. John Henry at Liverpool. He owns the Red Sox. So you know, they all own They they all have multiple brands, but they'll have dedicated people. But I think it's just the fact of. And I think it, that's it, the issue that we have. We've got at the minute is we haven't got that dedicated person. And, and, and that's di- where. I th- sorry, go a, on. There's a big difference in the ownership, though. Yeah. The, John Henry came in and says, I want to win things. I want us to win things. I want us to win the league within such and such time and put money in, put their own money in. Uh, whereas, and the same with the Glazers. They might have seen it as a big business deal, but at the end of the day, they've put a lot of money into the team. Whereas Cronky has no inclination whatsoever where he's going to put any of his own dollar into the squad not invest in owning more of it actually put in some money to increase the the successful likelihood of somebody, us winning so some, somebody i pointed in the direction of listening to the extra time stan Cronkey is all that bad uh podcast that we done after the last podcast last week um I was having a debate with him on... Well, not a debate. It was actually... We were actually agreeing with each other on Facebook earlier this evening. And um, he he was coming along and said, I've totally lost my thread of what I was going to... Forget about it. Go on. Go on. Sorry, boys. Carry on. I was going to say... I was was actually going to say as well with... um, You've got to remember, we've got two new sponsorship deals coming up at... You know what I mean? In the summer... And that's going to help towards a lot with the financial fair play, and I can't remember the other one. Um, sustainable, uh, sustainable rights, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're going to have that as well. But you've got to think as well with the Glaciers, is uh, they've got their own company, is AIG, who sponsor mm-hmm. uh, Man United and Man City. their insurance company. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Man City have got the same thing with the uh, Etihad, which is Sports owned by Stoping. the Sheikh. 
And this is the thing you see. They they but, can do that. What they've Stan, done. Is, Stan Kroenke could do it at Walmart. He could do it. He's got loads of different of his own companies and his family's companies. So can you imagine? Can you imagine could. us getting sponsored by ASDA? Yeah. Well, it, it probably wouldn't be ASDA. It probably would be Walmart. But I do agree. It's it's one of them things, isn't it? it unfortunately, but, you've got to take it. To, you know what I mean? If you want the more money, yeah, the money's going to. We're sponsored by fucking Citroen for Christ's sake. You know yeah, what's wrong with Citroen? The cheap, shitty French brand. Yeah, you just you're you're just saying that because you you sell cars for a living. I used to work for Esda, and uh, I tell you, I don't want anything with from them to do with anything to do with my club. When when, you when your are. mum, John, Johnny, when your mum tells you off, does she call you Jonathan? She, no, she just doesn't call me. <laughs> Johnny, I don't sell cars. We'll take that offline, but I don't sell cars for a living. I used to many years ago, but mm. I don't. Um, Max, how's the coffee? Ah, mate, it's good. It's good. It's uh, it's keeping these eyeballs awake. Uh. We, we we haven't heard from Max for a few minutes because his wife has woken up. Because it's what time in the morning? Uh, about twenty past seven. Twenty past seven. Woken up and made some coffee. What proper grinder coffee and all that? That. Proper grinder, lots of banging, lots of noise. Sorry, grinder and banging, that doesn't go right. <laughs> <laughs> it so- sounds like the what the guy behind me on Saturday should have been doing instead of yelling at the wrong players. <laughs> Boys, it's uh, it's it's been it's been brilliant uh, yet again, enjoyable. Um, I do hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, Max, I appreciate you setting an alarm very, very early in the morning. What time do you set your alarm for? Half five, was it? Yeah, had to be up and not croaky, so... Yeah. Welcome uh, to my world, that's the, <laughs> what time I get up every day. No, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm up at six o'clock every morning anyway, but the difference is we're not serving people copious amounts of gin at one o'clock in the morning beforehand, that's, are we? That's, that's very true, yeah, and I drank too much piss last night, so... I needed to get myself up and fresh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, (laughs) I think there's a little bit, a little bit uh, wrong with uh, drinking piss. But you know, (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm just going to put that in there. Mike, Mike, hello. Have we got our producer in the background? Uh, She is. She's here. Yeah. Okay. Q J. She's not very talkative. Uh. What do you want? (laughs) You got to shout up the arse. You know what you know what he wants. Up the Arsenal. Oh, he up the Up the arse. <laughs> Thank you, Jay. I'm telling you this, but you're not listening. <laughs> up the arse, he says. I'm not saying up the arse. Just did. I meant it. It's right. We can edit it so it just sounds like you did say it. <laughs> I'm going to piss myself in a second. (laughs) (laughs) Boys, that was brilliant. See you later. Thanks for listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too. Up the Arsenal. Up the ass.